It is true. My Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer lives. The Lord Jesus Christ lives. But what is also true is there are two kinds of people here in this room this morning. There are alive people and there are dead people. And what you have and what you are is dependent on what you have done with an event that occurred 2,000 years ago. More particularly, what you have done with respect to a particular person involved in that event. The event, of course, is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the, the central point of controversy the world over. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we ask this morning, in these few moments, that you would uh, drill into our hearts again, fresh, the realities of the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what that means, what that could mean to us. Father, within this room this morning, we recognize that there are those who believe and have been transformed and have a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, help us to believe more deeply. And then, Father, there are those who have never put their trust in Christ. I pray, Father, that they would believe. You, Father, alone can cause us to believe. So we ask this morning that all the obstacles and barriers would be swept away from belief and that those who are here, all that are here, would put their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, in his name. Amen. It was just starting to be dawn. The mist in the ancient Middle Eastern garden was still hanging heavy like the hearts of those who had placed their hopes in Jesus as Messiah. And now they had begun to think that he was just Jesus as martyr. And they would struggle to believe that the truth, he is Jesus, the conqueror over death. I want to read the account to you this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, it's Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. He has been raised, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There 
they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. As we gaze at this afresh this morning, you realize that we are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ who is Lord over dying. As we look at this text again, we realize that the tomb that was made to enshrine death has devoured death. As we look at this, we realize that that the grave is not the end. It's a temporary storage place for broken tents. And in this news, in this good news, in this reality, we rejoice. The description here, of course, is that it was the day after Sabbath, the holy day of the Jewish religious system, their most holy day. But it's as if the Lord um, decided that the resurrection was too great an event to have it hidden or somehow buried or somehow attached to a a holy day. And so he created it on a whole new day, the first day of the week. The celebration of resurrection is so big that it became its own weekly celebration. And so for all of these years, those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ have celebrated Sunday as the resurrection day of Jesus Christ, our high holy day, because Christianity, make no mistake about it, is about a risen Christ. It's about life over death, and God's work is life work. So whether you are dead or alive has everything to do with what you do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you have been received life, it is because you have received it from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I want to share with you briefly this morning from this text six important realities uh, with respect to life and death. Six important realities that I think are found here uh, in this particular text. Now, we, we realize at the very beginning, the women here, they came to see, to investigate. And I want to point out to you that you can't receive life if you don't think you need it. It's rather fascinating that these women would come to the tomb would, because, in, in fact, they had seen Jesus crucified. They had seen him buried. In fact, surely in their own thinking, they, they must have come to the conclusion that, that, he was, um, that he was laid in the tomb and that it was a dead end to their dreams and their hopes. Yet something, or maybe more particularly, someone drew them to, the, uh, to investigate that day. So the woman came to see and they came to investigate. And, and something has drawn you here this morning because you realize that, that something, there's something big and important about the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're not a regular attender to church, you, you have this sense that this is Easter Sunday. Something big is related to this day. And sure enough, you've come to visit and to investigate And here's the reason why. The Bible teaches us that this matter of Easter, this matter of the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a matter of life and death. The Bible says this, you are either dead in your sins, in fact, dead to God, and alive on the outside, but you are dead on the inside, or you are made alive by receiving the living Christ as Lord. The one who paid for your sins, who went to the cross to die for you, making you alive both on the inside and the outside. 
The scriptures tell us this in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, as for me, as for any one of us here, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you've been saved. Some of you in here this morning are dead, still dead in your transgressions and your sins. Oh, you appear alive on the outside, but on the inside, in the place that relates to the living God of the universe, you are not alive, you are dead. And if you are to die on the outside, while you are still dead on the inside, you will lock yourself into eternal deadness. There's something very important about Easter Sunday, about the fact that Jesus Christ has risen and offers us life. But you can't receive life if you don't think you need it. Do you think you need life? Do you have life? There were a lot of reasons why the two women would not have wanted to go to the cemetery that day. It had appeared that um, hanging out with Jesus could be dangerous for your health. I mean, as they approached the, uh, the garden that day, the, the angel said, you are looking for the crucified man. There are a lot of obstacles to them coming to that graveside. Would we be arrested too? They wondered. And in fact, in Mark's account, it tells us that as they were on their way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away for us? They wanted to go and anoint the body of Jesus Christ. Many obstacles in their way. But they went anyway. There are a lot of you in this room this morning who say, you know, there are way too many obstacles to me coming to know Christ Jesus. You have no idea what my life is like. I have so many complications in my life and I certainly don't need another complication to my life. There are so many hurdles and so many obstacles I have to get over. There are so many stones that need to be rolled away in my life before I could possibly... Even consider the claims of Christ. Listen to me. You can't receive life if you remain filled with fear. Fear must give way to faith. They went anyway. And their approach was rewarded. Listen to me. If you focus on all the barriers and all of the obstacles... And all of the reasons why you shouldn't come to a, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. You will remain dead in your fears. Do you want to stay dead in your fears? In the account in the Gospel of Luke. As the ladies came to the cemetery that day. The angel said to them, why are you looking for the living 
among the dead. They thought they were in the right place. They had seen Jesus crucified. They had seen him buried and laid in this tomb. He was left in the place of the dead. Seemed like a strange question. But it was an incredibly accurate question. As they peered in to the tomb that day, they realized that there was nothing left of Jesus in that tomb. You can't receive life if you are looking for the living among the dead. There are all kinds of lame descriptions to to try and argue away the resurrection of Jesus Christ or the resurrection as we understand it, the the one that the women encountered when they looked in that tomb. There There are many reasons or many ways that people try to redefine resurrection to be some sort of ideal and not reality. Explanations like it was merely a resurrection of his influence. Or, or it was merely a resurrection of his teachings. Or, or, or merely a, a resurrection of his, of his spirit. And so we are left to attempt to follow the teachings of Christ on our own power. Or through some sort of self-help tactics. Looking for life in all the wrong places. Looking for life among the dead. But the simple reality, the truth is, we have a sin problem. And we need to look for a sin problem solution. A God who is alive. A Savior who has died for our sins and has risen from the dead. Declaring by that resurrection that that the Father in heaven is pleased with the sacrifice of the Son for the sins of the world. And when we've come to realize that there was nothing left of Jesus in that tomb, he completely rose from the dead. We realize that the living Jesus is able to accompany his teachings and his commands and enable us to do what we couldn't possibly do on our own strength. You've tried that already. You've tried the power of your own will. You've tried self-help tactics. What you need in your life is a whole renovation of soul. You need the living Christ to make you alive inside that you might by His power be able to live out His life. Make no mistake about it. Christ has been raised from the dead. And if you put your trust in Him... He will bring life to your life, raise you up, and keep you alive forever. The graves are being robbed of the dead. I want you to know that nobody is dead in a Christian grave. They have gone from life to life everlasting because Jesus Christ is alive And has made them alive in him. Well, the angel said to the women, come, take a look. Come, look and see. See with your own eyes. Look, use your own mind and your own reason. Do all the scientific research you want. You come and look. Look, the 
the stone is rolled away. The stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could come out. He had already arisen from the, from the dead. The stone was rolled away so that human beings could investigate the empty tomb. And so they went. They were invited to look. You can't receive life unless you taste and see that the Lord is good and that he is God. Use your eyes. Use your mind. Use your powers of investigation. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. Investigate everything. And you will come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. And he has risen from the dead. And he is alive. Go ahead. Check it out. It's all out in the open. It's available. Eyewitnesses have recorded. The Lord doesn't try to hide anything. He he doesn't release to us things in fine print. There's no fast talk salesmanship. There's no bait and switch with the Lord. There's no declaration somewhere later in your life that you had a pre-existing sin condition that has now disqualified you from Christianity. No, in fact, he died for our pre-existing sin sickness issues that we might come alive and be alive forever. It's a 100% guarantee of eternal life. I find myself... When it comes to the discussion of these things about Jesus Christ, in a very absurd position, it seems to me so absurd that that people would, would contract me to come and share this truth over and over again, the free gift of eternal life, and have people reject it. It seems absolutely absurd to me that the living God wants to offer you life Evermore, life eternal. He wants to offer you his permanent presence now. A a transformation of your life today where you can come alive in Jesus Christ today. And it's a free gift to be received from Jesus Christ. It seems absurd to me that anybody would reject such a thing. But we have to work so hard to bring just a few people from our community into a room like this. The majority of the people in our region have rejected this free offer of salvation. Look with your eyes. Listen with your ears. Open up your heart to the truth of God and what he has done for you because he loved you for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Are you saved today? Have you come into a personal life transforming relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I come and take a look. I don't know of anybody. Not a single person. Who wants to give their salvation back. The angel said, go quickly to them and tell. Go and tell everybody what you have seen with your eyes, what you have handled with your hands, what you have heard with your ears. Go and tell everyone. You can't receive life unless you want to also give it away to others. Why are we so anxious to share this truth? Why, why is it such a burden on our hearts? Why do we tell our neighbors? Why do we tell our friends? Why do we tell people we loved? Why do we pray for those we love so much that they would respond to this message? 
because we have experienced in our life the reality of it, the life-transforming truth of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior in our lives, and we have found something so precious, so amazing, so urgent, so necessary, so wonderful, that we can't but tell people about it. And, and when you have the living Christ in your heart and your life, you want everyone you know to know about it and to receive it, to experience it, to respond to it. That's why Jesus' life people are people on a mission. You on a mission? That's why someone invited you one time in your life or somewhere in your life Someone invited you, your mother or your father or a neighbor or a friend or a relative, someone who cared about you. That's why they invited you, because they cared about you and loved you. Enough to tell you this truth. Not one more day should be spent dead to God. He offers you life. It's a way to escape the punishment of sin that you rightly deserved to have. It's relief from the relentless guilt that rests itself in your life. You just know that that things are not right between you and God. and You know that something has to change. It it takes that unsettled life and settles it. You know that, that things are right between you and God. That's what the offer of salvation is all about. Well, finally, you can't receive life unless you make the effort To go to Jesus. Jesus, when he met up with his disciples in Jerusalem, he said, I'm going to Galilee. Go tell them. Go tell my brothers. There they will see me. Becoming alive in Christ is not based on Good intentions. Not even a well-intentioned life. It's not based on doing nice things. You may single-handedly be the most charitable giver in all of Durham region. It's about a walk of faith. It's about welcoming Jesus to be Lord and Master of your life. It's about going to Jesus. It's about following after him for the rest of your life. He has set the table for you to dine on eternal life. But you must pull up a chair to that table and dine. He's he's made the invitation. The invitation has been spread far and wide. But you must respond personally to that invitation. He has declared that whosoever will may come, but you must call on the name of the Lord. And it says in the word of God that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what will it be? Dead or alive in Christ? It'll be another year of observing other people live a bystander to the things of God? Settle for being dead on the inside but pretending to be alive on the outside? 
Jesus is really, really the living Lord God who died on a cross 2,000 years on a hill called Calvary to pay the price of your sinfulness and was buried in a tomb and rose again to life because God the Father was satisfied with Him as the sacrifice punishment for your sins. And now He invites you to come and follow Him, to respond to the message, to welcome Him into your life, to say, I've had enough of trying to be the master of my own life. I've had enough of being dead inside. I want to come alive in Jesus Christ. I want to experience, as the Apostle Paul said, I want to know the power of the resurrection of Christ in my life. That's the invitation today that is offered to you. It says in the Word of God that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. The promise is that if you give your life to serve Christ, He gives His life to save yours. Are you saved? Do you have life? Have you responded to that invitation? Let me tell you something. That when it comes to the end of your days, there are no do-overs. What you are at the end of your life is what you will be forever. So are you dead Or are you alive in Christ? I urge you, I persuade you, I cry out to you by the authority that God has given to me through his word. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will never turn you away. Come and receive life today. Drink deeply. Respond to his invitation Pull up a chair to his table and dine on the living Christ. Let's bow our heads together in prayer, shall we? As our heads are bowed, as every head is bowed this morning, I just believe that there's some in our room this morning here who are saying right now this morning, This is the first time I've ever heard this or this is the first time I've ever really understood this. This is the first time my heart has been burdened and I just know that I want to have Jesus Christ in my life. I want to know what it is to have life everlasting. I want to know what it is to move from deadness in transgressions and sins. I want to know what it is to come alive in Christ Jesus. I want to know what it is for the first time to have my sins forgiven All my sins washed away and all my guilt gone. I want to know what that is. I need Jesus in my life. I don't have all the answers to the questions. I I don't even know what questions I've got. I, I have no answers, but I know this. I have a long way to go and I know there are lots of obstacles and barriers and complexities in my life. But I do know this, that Jesus in my life is making a whole lot of sense. And I want to respond to his invitation to my heart this morning. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand where you are so I can pray for you? Are you out here this morning? You say, yes, you talking to me. I need Jesus in my life. It makes a whole lot of sense. Anybody? 
Just slip up your hand where you are. Yes. Anybody else? Today's the day of salvation. Today's the urgent day. If you're dead today, you can become alive in Christ. Is there anyone else? Slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Anyone? Anywhere? Yes. I see that. Anywhere else? Up in the balcony? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Before I close in prayer. Hurry now. Christ is inviting you. Anyone else? Our Father and our God, we praise you and we thank you because you are a saving God. We thank you because Christ Jesus died for our sins and rose again that we might have life now and forevermore. And so, our Father, we praise you and thank you for those who've responded to your message this day, responded to your invitation, who've pulled up a chair to your table, the table you've invited them to dine at, to dine on life, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand with me for closing prayer. Oh, what a glorious day. Easter Sunday. The celebration of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who came to life for us forever. And offers to us life eternal. Life in Him. He is the living Lord Jesus Christ. Some people in here this morning have transitioned from death to life. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And as people are making their way out this morning, I want to invite those who raised their hands here this morning to come this way and speak to uh, one of our pastors who will be here. We have some, some things we want you to read to help you on your journey as you get a good start following after the Lord Jesus Christ. So you come this way as other people are going that way. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, who came to this earth to live among us, to give his life the ransom price for our sins, who died on a cross to take our punishment upon himself, who was buried and rose from the grave the third day, Because the Father in heaven was satisfied with the sacrifice. And he ever lives at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for us. That we might have salvation through Christ Jesus. Who comes to live in our hearts and our lives. And change us forever. And keep us. And take us to be with him forevermore. Father, thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen.